0: Is the Powerful Practitioner podcast, and I'm your host, Paige Kane. Whether you're an intuitive coach, an energy healer, a psychic reader, or simply an at home alchemist, you are welcome here. Inside of this podcast, you'll attune to the spiritual practices, principles, and insights that will bring you instantaneous magnetism life-changing internal shifts, and massive soul growth. Your intuition led you here. Now let's get started. So the podcast is back. We've been on a roll, getting out new episodes, or at least I feel like I'm on such a roll recording them for you. A little backstory. I don't know how much, and I really honestly can't remember how much I talked about this last episode, but At the end of August, um, early September, I just hit major burnout and physical burnout. So actual adrenal burnout, um, it's called adrenal insufficiency, is a part of my life currently, is, is a rebalancing act I am currently working on when it comes to my personal health. And I could just really, 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 really strongly feel the effects of that at the end of August and beginning of September. So I personally, to just fill you in on all things me, Paige, your host, and all things Feed Your Intuition, which is um, my company, my business, I made some really, really massive decisions for myself and my health during the month of September. And let me tell you, nothing nothing is worth feeling unwell for, right? Like your health, your self-care, you you personally and um, taking care of this physical body you've been put into is of utmost priority. And so that's something I really, really decided to take care of over the last month. With that being said, I felt like I was getting into such a good groove and a good routine. And then during this last week, so today is when I'm recording this, today is Monday, October 10th. So last week after I like... Gone to this great routine, made these really big decisions in my business, almost felt like I was having a big tower card moment in September. And we're talking about cards today. So this is really, really fitting. I was having this big like tower card moment in September where you tear everything down to build things back up, to get back into alignment. Maybe we need a really personal episode. If you want a personal, very vulnerable episode for me, either like shoot me an email or Send me a DM on Instagram, but I digress. So, anyways, September was such a month of making all these big decisions, getting back into routine, really prior prioritizing, prioritizing, really prioritizing my health, my wellness, getting my health and wellness routines in check, making time for me, making lots of time for resting and receiving. And I was doing so well. And I went into October feeling like, I've totally got this. Um, I've really condensed down my work schedule in order to accommodate all the things that need to be done and that I like to do in order to feel physically better because, again, such a huge priority of mine. And then Zach gets a cold, and then I get the same cold. I'm out for like a week. I feel foggy. Um, My allergies feel really bad, and then I don't record. And so today, finally, I probably still sound a little bit funky, but I'm here. I'm here recording for all of you. So needless to say, I don't know, that was a really, really long story to tell you that I felt I was getting into the swing of things. And then I got hit with this cold, got taken out again. But now I am back and ready to party. (laughs) No, in all honesty, I'm ready to deliver the intuitive goods. I am ready to talk about so many, we have so many new things planned for the podcast. Gosh, I'm getting on here and just word vomiting. Um, I have so many amazing things planned for the podcast. So many new exciting things. We're going to do monthly guidance, um, very page style, channeled communication, channeled messages for all of you, which... be coming soon, which I'm really, really excited for. I'm going to have some episodes that are going to be specifically around entrepreneurship, because as the founder, the creator of Feature Intuition, as the founder of a certification, as an intuitive, energetic, spiritual, highly sensitive, empathic business owner and entrepreneur, I want to share about that stuff as well. So there's going to be a specific like little title thing that we do, I don't know what to call it. It'll be in the title when it's a, a more businessy episode. No matter who you are, I challenge you to maybe listen to those episodes because perhaps the information I deliver could be applied to your career, even if you're not an entrepreneur or you might even learn just some extra self-care tidbits. because before I was even, well, when I was running Feed your Intuition, part-time. I don't know if you like the term side hustle. It was that when when Feed Your Intuition was my sexy side hustle. Um, So When I was still working in customer service, I worked as a barista. I worked selling black stretchy yoga pants. I've done all the things. I was still using intuitive and energetic practices, even though I wasn't running a quote-unquote spiritual business. So still may want to listen to those episodes. They're going to be really great. Um, We're just adding more spice variety through the podcast. A lot of these first few episodes were really meant to be foundational for all of you. For anyone listening who wants to dive deeper into the realm of intuition, of energy, of spirituality, a lot of these first few episodes were setting the foundation. And it's almost like now in this next chapter, after taking a massive amount of time off, there are brand new things coming. So get in, get, get in it, get (laughs) excited. Words are hard when you come back. I think words are hard for me a lot in human design from the throat onwards. I have open, very open centers. I think I have like one hanging gate somewhere up there or maybe two, but lots, lots of freaking open centers. So Words can be hard, but with that, things to look forward to. Channel guidance monthly from me. We're also going to be doing something so juicy, so juicy towards the end of the year on here. Um, I don't want to spill the beans just yet. I'm going to be talking more about entrepreneurship, sharing more of my stories. And as always, please, please, please DM me your questions, things you want to hear about on the podcast. Join the Facebook group and ask questions or maybe I'll start putting like a Q&A little post in there for you to drop your questions and I'll just start doing Q&A podcasts because they're so fun and I want to talk about the things you want to hear about. Okay. I feel like this is a long enough tangent before we've even gotten into the meat, the gritty juiciness of this episode, which is I want to talk about oracle cards. I get or just Oracle, tarot, Lenormand, whatever you work with. Oh God, there's so many divination tools. Um, you can read Teele's, you can do bibliomancy, you can do intuitive readings from books, you can cast charms. I mean, so many things, but my preferred, um, my divination tool of choice is Oracle cards. I love tarot as well. I work with Lenormand as well, but just have a really, really big, preference and love for Oracle Oracle cards. I knew, I knew it was going to be hard for me to say stuff this podcast. We're going to dig into all of the ways, everything you need to know about working with cards, working with cards, tarot, Oracle, well, Normand, I don't know, a regular, you could definitely do a reading from a regular deck of playing cards Here's the thing about being really fucking good at divination is, and this is not a brag by, of, of me by all means, but this is when you develop your intuition, when you learn to do readings, when you practice, freaking practice in this work, you can read anything. I've sat at a coffee shop where the only option was to read the sugar packets, like the sugar packets that are kept in the little jars and you have Splenda and sugar in the raw and then like the regular white sugar and then the pink packet and then the blue packet. I could do a reading off of those for someone. So yes, we're all going to have, we're all going to have, I'm moving my head away from the mic and my brother always tells me to keep, to not move away, (laughs) to stay close to the mic. So we're going to have preferences. We're going to have divination tools of choice, but really by the time you're done with this episode, you should be able to read anything. I mean, yeah, really, by the way, (laughs) the ways in which I teach receiving intuitive information, and I've been taught, you should be able to read so many different things. Like the tool doesn't matter. It's all about intention, command, power, tapping into your intuitive guidance, knowing what to do when you get there, invoking sacred space, all of the things. But again, I digress. Wow. Wow, page tangents. So many page tangents already inside of this episode. I love it. This is this is me. This is what I'm like in my programs. This is what I'm like in my coaching. This is me. So so now we're going to really talk about like what do I do and how do I use an oracle deck, a tarot deck, a lenormand deck. Please know the framing I'm going to use in this episode is oracle deck, but you insert divination tool here, preferably just because we're talking about using cards as a tool for divination, some, some style of divination cards. So let's actually get into it. Let's actually get into it. So the first thing is, oh, I wasn't gonna start with this question, but I feel like this question makes the most sense to start with is, and I get this question asked so much, What card deck do I even use? Do you have recommendations for card decks? Do you have ones you like? Yes, I have certain card decks that I really, really like. But how do you choose what divination tool of any kind is right for you? I recommend that you actually go to your local metaphysical store if possible, if possible, if it's not possible, and you have to utilize something online totally okay. But I love going to my local metaphysical stores because I can go there and meet their Oracle card decks in person. I mean, how fun, right? You go, you walk in, there's a specific store in in Portland, Oregon, I'm thinking of that like, gosh, they have so many. And then the cool thing is they usually have a sample, a sample deck that you can flip through and actually see the cards. So good. So juicy. What I really recommend is you going to your local metaph- metaphysical shop and picking something out, exploring, touching, feeling, reading the back of the box, looking at things. From there, you just pick something that calls to you, that feels fucking good, that you're gonna enjoy using, that you love the imagery of, that you feel lit the fuck lit the fuck up by. Right? So. Um, A few other like helpful hints. If you're more of a beginner, you've never bought a deck before. Sometimes I like starting with decks that have really, really simple pictures and messages. So it's really obvious what your guides are trying to convey through the cards. Um, A great example, my friend Rachel, the Minimalist Oracle is her deck. That's such a such a, such a good one. Um, I actually love gifting that deck to clients because of the simplicity, the ease of receiving messages. There's not a lot of complex pictures. It's just a great way to kind of develop your div- divination style. So I would recommend something simple to start out with. But if you're like, bang, big, colorful, lots of pictures, lots of words, numbers, symbols all over the place, and that's you, that's also okay too. There's nothing wrong in this pro or there's nothing you can do wrong in this process, right? Pick out something that works for you. My favorite like tip, and I know this may seem really simple and like, duh, but as a human, we forget to do this shit. My favorite tip, if you can't go to a metaphysical store to pick out a deck is when you're looking at them online, go look up the deck in Google. And like there will be videos that pop up of people reviewing or talking about the deck or more images than are just printed on, say, like the, st- the online storefront picture, So you can get a better glimpse at the deck. I do that all the time. And then Etsy, I feel like always has really, really beautiful creators on there who are making absolutely amazing, unique, one-of-a-kind decks, one of my other favorite places to shop. Um, take advantage of the holiday sales we co- we have coming up. Honestly, places like Hay House, um, they do a massive, massive sale on these things. So if you're looking for some deals, just <laughs> a helpful hit from someone who I buy. I purchase decks a lot. Um, after someone has a reading with me, I, if they're within the US or Canada, or if they're coming to see me in person, I give them all the cards to take home. So cards are leaving me a lot, which means, and they're going with clients to work through them to do their magical homework that they get at the end of their readings. So I'm constantly looking and exploring for new Oracle Tarot Lenormand decks like all the time. So if you ever have any questions, again, reach out to me personally, I want to hear from you. So I have this Oracle deck, I bought my favorite deck, let's, this is you, this is you, you're, you're coming to me and you're saying page I just bought this beautiful Oracle deck, this beautiful tarot deck. I'm obsessed. I'm in love. It feels so good. I just want to use them all the time. But what do I do before their very first use? I haven't taken them out of the box yet. What do I do? Okay, here is the how the how to consecrate your deck. Step one, open that shit up and throw away the guidebook. No, you don't have to do that. I do that. I was taught that by my mentor in order to better refine my intuitive abilities. So I have some decks now that I will say don't always follow this advice for that. I do have the guidebook because the guidebook's beautiful. I want to learn more about the messaging within the cards. So for example, I have a goddess deck and there are like a lot of amazing goddesses to learn about. Honestly, so many. So I keep the book, the guidebook along with the deck for that specific one, because it has some quality information and it allows me to study these goddesses more. So if you want to do something like that by all means, or you're just learning or you're brand new, keep the guidebook. If you're someone who is really looking to further develop, further strengthen your intuition, or you feel like you're in a place where you're ready to do that, throw away the guidebook. And instead, I want you to focus on looking at. I want you to focus on looking at the words, the numbers, the symbols, the pictures that are on the card and learning your personal meaning system. So it's not like the sun always means sun. Like if you're seeing. A bright sunshine on a card. For me, when I'm seeing a sunshine based on my personal views and messaging system that I've worked through over the last five years with my guides, when I see the sun on a card, it can represent, yes, sunshine. It can represent masculine energy. It can represent vitality. It could represent like a need for physical energy. So You will develop your own like personal intrinsic guidance dictionary when you finally throw that guidebook away. And when you start to pay attention to, oh, this symbol is always coming up when, or this symbol is always coming up when a client needs to, and based on those observations, you'll develop your own meanings. So play with both ways. So, okay, what have we done so far? You've gotten your... (laughs) this has been a long episode so far and we're like just getting into it. So what have we done so far? We've gotten our new divination tool. We've thrown out the box. We've thrown away the guidebook or recycled, mindfully recycling. How do you cleanse your cards? The first place of the first place, no, the first step of really consecrating your cards is to cleanse them. And I do this a few different ways. I tap on mine, I shuffle them. So I like mix them up a little bit just to kind of like, Ooh, it's like ruffling their feathers, (laughs) just like vamping up their energy. And then I cleanse, I really cleanse. And there's a couple of different ways to cleanse white light, white light that you visualize or command. And I'm going to talk more about that in a second is one way to cleanse. You can cleanse with intention I intend to cleanse and clear these cards of all hands that have touched them prior, any additional energies to make them my own, whatever you want to say there. You can literally steal just that. So you can literally steal just that. You can cleanse them in the sunlight. My cards sit out in sunlight all the time. You can use selenite, the like master cleansing crystal, selenite, satin spar, freaking amazing. It's all over my house. It's like my number one crystal, my favorite favorite crystal. You can use smoke, whatever is in and appropriate for your personal practice. Now let's talk about white light, which is like my personal favorite cleansing, powerful, easy to use tool. And this isn't like I keep a jar of white light in the bathroom. I don't. Know. <laughs> I don't know why I said bathroom. I think it's because it's literally right next to the office. Um, I don't keep a jar of white light. It is a visualized or commanded white light. So it's a white light you visualize, you bring in through your clairvoyance or commanded, which means you knowingly call it in. Even it, So this is, command is really great for people who are more claircognizant, clairaudient. You're knowingly calling something in instead of just visualizing it because not all of us are super visual. So white light, visualize it call it in, imagine it running over your cards and cleansing them. So, so, so easy. White light is a really powerful tool. My mentor, my shamanic mentor from shaman school talked about what a difference it makes in your day. When you call light, he uses golden light. I like white light. You can use either really here. When you call light into things, when you call light into things and he has this great story of, um, and okay, there's really no point to the story besides he used the word buggy, the grocery buggy, who else uses that word? Like, so your grocery shopping cart, he talks about how, when he goes to the grocery store, he sends white light or golden light through his hands when he touches the buggy, which I thought was the cutest word. I don't use that word. Um, I don't know. He's, he lives in Tennessee, maybe it's a Tennessee thing. You you all can let me know if you use the word buggy or if you use the word shopping cart or grocery cart. So you can send white light into things through your hands, just visualizing it coming into something or coming over something like your deck of cards, or just commanding it to be there. So amazing bonus to this episode. You've learned another energy tool just by hanging out and talking about cards with me. The next, the next thing I do is I touch, I see and like get a feel for every card. So I literally flip through the whole deck. I think I have my biggest deck has like 72 (laughs) cards. Um, and I touch and feel through each and every single one of them. I make sweet, sweet eye contact with all of my cards just to really know what's what's in there, right? Like I want to make sure that I am forming and creating a relationship with the tool that I am using. And then I do something controversial, which I don't know. I don't really think it's that controversial. But when I'm working with clients, I clean up my cards. So if there's a card that I don't understand or that's not resonating with me or I'm not getting a meaning from, I actually remove it from the deck. So I want to feel a connection to everything that I am reading. And we're getting really close to being ready to use our cards. The last thing you're going to want to do is set up, let's say a blessing, set a blessing is what I wrote in my notes. I totally meant to say, as you say a blessing, you say your intention and you invoke your cards for use. And then they're ready to go. I usually, you know, I tell the cards what they're being used for. Like I want them to give truthful, loving messages that are in integrity with the intentions of myself and of the client, something beautiful, whatever your intentions are, absolutely perfect. And then your cards are ready to go. And it brings me to this other, I wonder if you caught on to this, but I actually use separate decks of cards for clients. Like I have strictly client cards, client cards only, their Oracle cards, their tarot cards, their Lenormand cards. Um, When I'm doing a reading, I'm actually working with like hundreds of cards at once. So several, several decks, but they're just for clients, clients only. And then I have specific Oracle and tarot cards that are really just mine that I work with over time. And I have some decks where I pull the cards out, I keep them in my journal, and then I burn or mindfully recycle release my cards after I'm done with them. And I have some decks of cards that retain those same cards for a really long time until I decide I'm done with those as well. And then I'll slowly work my way through them. So those are all the interesting ways in which I utilize cards, how you might utilize them, and how to really consecrate a brand new deck Now there's a couple other things that I wanted to share based on questions about working with Oracle, Tarot, Lenormand, thinking all the types of cards. And this relates to if you're really sitting and working with someone else. So if you've opened up sacred space and you're doing a reading, whether it be for a client or a friend, sometimes when we're doing readings, other pieces of information that have Absolutely fucking nothing to do with the cards that we pulled comes up. Weird messages will just pop in. I don't know. They might pop in in, you know, a visual form. You might get the message of a really strong word. It has absolutely nothing to do with the beautiful card that's sitting in front of you. Or for me, I get these lovely claircognizant messages that are like this: yellow dress, yellow dress say something about the yellow dress. And that's literally, that's the message I will get. And this is a true client story. I was doing a beautiful reading with a client and yellow dress, yellow dress, yellow dress, kept popping in my head. So I trusted the information. And when information like this comes in, something you can always ask is, hey, is is it important that I deliver this information to the client? Is it appropriate that I deliver this right now? And also you learn to develop your discernment on just giving people messages. It's really, really important if you're doing this style of work. So I was sitting there and yellow dress, yellow dress, yellow dress kept coming in to the point where I needed to tell the client it was appropriate to do so. And I said, Hey, your spirit guides are telling me to say something about a yellow dress. And she looks at me like, what the hell? (laughs) Like, what the fuck? I literally, she looked at me like, oh my gosh, I have no idea what that means. And of course I said, I just want you to write it down. Maybe ask your family or your friends about a yellow dress because her and I could not figure out the meaning for the life of either of us. Like it was yellow dress was the only piece of information I got. She had no way to relate it back to her life or anything that she knew of. So we finished our reading and she, you know, the reading ended, it was great. The rest of it was on point. <laughs> per usual, just random yellow dress coming in, but she wrote it down and took me seriously and went to ask her family about yellow dress. And I'm going to I'm getting the chills and this happened a while ago, so I really hope I'm telling the story like completely accurately. So this client asked her family members and asked her aunt. And her aunt was like, Oh my gosh, I know what yellow dress you're talking about. And oh, I'm getting the chills. She had a family heirloom that was a yellow dress from her grandmother that she had kept. So it was a way of, Oh, I get, the, I literally had the chills all over. <laughs> it was a way of her grandma, I think saying hi. And I feel like I get these big, random, wild messages on occasion when that person really needs to know like, Hey, everything that you just experienced was so real. It might challenge your perceptions, but it is so real. Um, and it was so cool to hear that story after the session, the client literally had gone to all her family members and the yellow dress was very real. It was something of her grandmother's that only her aunt of all people knew about. So When there are those extra messages, ask a few questions, determine if they're important to share, and then believe in yourself, believe in your magic, believe in the things you're perceiving, believe in your spirit guides, believe in the guides of your clients. I get my ears are ringing in this moment, which means, hi, spirit guides. Hello. Believe in all the magic and you never know, like say say the thing. It's okay if it's like totally random and that happens Happens for me a lot during readings. The final thing I want to add is Paige, how I get asked a lot like, how do you do so many of these? Don't they get really exhausting? Um, Yes, psychic burnout is a thing. And yes, I have been exhausted from readings before. Energetic hygiene, grounding, taking a really long shower if you did a big reading and it felt like a lot of your energy was spent is going to feel so good. And your intuition and this style of intuitive work is really like a muscle. You start to build it up over time. Things get less exhausting. And then you, le- you learn how to pace yourself. So for me, um, and there's a really big energy expend when I'm doing readings still to this day, and, and that's okay. I know how to manage the burnout. I just know how much energy I bring into doing a session. So I know a number of sessions I can do per day, per week, per month. And I stay within that range and I've learned to not overextend myself. So you kind of learn your bandwidth because this is really big, big work. Every psychic, every intuitive that I talk to who are doing really in-depth readings um, or are doing any readings, I've had these conversations with. So practice, it'll build up your stamina, literally, And then you'll find a sweet spot for how many readings you can really offer um, to honor your energy and in in doing that, honoring the energy of the session and honoring the energy of the client. With that being said, it is is like a readings time of year. This is my busiest time of year for readings. As I'm recording this, I literally have one spot for an October one-on-one reading left. And I just revamped all of my readings on the Feature Intuition website. We'll make sure that they're booked below. One reading that I absolutely love doing, we were calling them Intuitive 2020 Readings and then they became Intuitive 2021 and then Intuitive 2022. And now they are they are just called Year Ahead Readings. I love, 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 love doing these. Year Ahead Readings are like a map of the 12 months, they are a spread of a 12 month timeline. So most of the clients I'm working with right now are getting these for the entirety of 2023. And we tap into the energy of the year in layers. So we pull cards for every quarter, it's almost like every season, talking about the seasonal quarterly energy. And then we go through and work And we talk about and pull messages through and talk to your guidance team about each month. So every single month, January through December, you get a full calendar year of intuitive messages, of energy themes, of career, business, and insights, relationships, um, moves, babies, all sorts of stuff has come up in these readings. I can't tell you the number of messages I get that are like, oh my gosh, Paige, the cards, The messages for X month are freaky accurate. I mean, I don't mean to toot my own horn, but I get these messages literally all, all the time. So all those readings are now available on the Feed Your Intuition website, the year ahead reading. And then we have two other amazing new one-on-one readings available for all of you. A great way to learn is to receive. That's how I've developed so many of my intuitive skills and practices is by being in session with amazing intuitives, shamans, mentors. So again, if you're feeling called, we'll make sure the links to readings are in the show notes. And then what a magical podcast. I am so excited for all of the brand new things we have in store for you here on the pod. Is that like cheesy to say? (laughs) Anyways, it has been it's just been so much fun to share, to be back, to be talking with all of you, to be sharing the magic. Again, episode request, Q&A, things you want to know, DM me, write me an email, join the Facebook group. You can post in there. It's there's like, you can go in there and just ask questions. It's so cool. So I hope you got so, so, so much out of this episode. As always, if you have like, loved this episode, you love the podcast, you love the content there's a lot of you listening. I can see, I can see. Make sure to just leave a five-star rating and a review if you feel so inclined. And I would just be so, so incredibly grateful. It spreads the word about this magicals fuck community. You can always screenshot, share your takeaways on Instagram. Don't forget to tag me so I can talk to you about the episode. I'm a real human. I run my IG. I love talking to all of you. And for now, I will see you inside of the next episode. It's going to be so good. All right. Bye.